Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is September 16th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is Sir Yacht, Joey Kinsley. How are things going, Joey? I'm good, man. This, You know what's funny is um, since I've been starting to do the uh, Sir Yacht stuff, I don't know if you know this, but my first ever podcast that I was on was your podcast. And that was two years ago, a little over two years ago. That was the very first one. Very wow. first one was you, and uh, and and it was and Chad. Yeah, yeah, it was and Chad. No, no, yeah, and Chad. But I remember it was it was like I was on vacation in Michigan somewhere. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Wi-Fi was really bad. It's just like cabin that my grandma gets every year, and I was uh, I was struggling to set it up, but. Yeah, I'd say a lot has kind of changed in the past couple of years, but yeah, you're the you were the first ever one. That, that's so pretty be cool. It's good to be back. Yeah, well that that's awesome, man. That, that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I was gonna give a little shout out, and this this is strictly just a kind of a thank you to everybody, but uh, but the Browns Blitz was voted um, the the uh, top podcast in a, in a bracketeers challenge this week. Now I'll preface this. We were the only Cleveland podcast in the competition. Okay. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We made it through and, and we won pretty handily in the, uh, in the finals just, uh, just this morning. So I really just, I wanted to thank the bracketeers cause they did a really cool job, you know, of doing this thing. And then, you know, when, when the voting came out each round, man, I got, I got in the podcast, got so much support. Uh, everybody was just, just, just great, you know, um, just supporting the podcast. Uh, we just, we just try to have fun and, you know, and have, you know, we try to have famous people like you on Joey. And then we try to <laughs> try to have regular fans on too. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a celebrity, but. I <laughs> Well, you, you know, I mean, you are getting, uh, you're kind of getting to be all, pretty much a celebrity. I mean, with all your, I've, I've looked at, uh, or my wife looked at TikTok because I don't have, I don't have TikTok, so don't get mad at me. But my wife uh, or my brother, I think one of them was looking at, looking you up on TikTok and man, you're making it happen. Yeah, no, you know, it's it's funny because that stuff always that stuff took off around uh, when when quarantine was in effect in late late March and um, and I had a friend that like was begging me to get on the app because it's just it's a great way to grow an audience like organically from nothing. You don't need retweets or any, any promotion or really anything like that. Any just based on their algorithms and stuff. So I started posting videos based on like Ohio stereotypes and Midwest and things like that. And it, for whatever reason has taken a mind of its own. It's just, it's been a, it's been a really cool thing to see it grow. I have, I've met a lot of cool people. I've traveled um, to a lot of cool places in Ohio so far. I'm going to do a, a lot more traveling and it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny how social media works. It makes things, uh, it makes the world a lot smaller and you, you just never know where you're going to go with it. Yeah, well, from what I know about it and from the videos I've seen, you're definitely a natural for that platform. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. It's you said like don't get mad at you that you're not on it. I mean, it's I, I, I think it's potentially a good thing that you're not on it. There's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of great content that's on it, but there's a lot of 
there's a lot of, you know, WTF content on there. I just don't even. <laughs> so oh, gotcha. It, it, and it's a rabbit hole, too. I mean, you just, you'll just be on there for hours and, and like, oh, well, I, I appear to have wasted a bunch of time again. But that's TikTok for you. <laughs> yeah, because I never do that on Twitter, you know. Exactly. If you're going to waste it somewhere, <laughs> you better be on Twitter. That's right. That's right. Hey, we're going to talk some Browns, but before we do... I don't, I don't know if I've talked about a beer here recently. I, I may have last week, but anyways, I'm going to talk about one, and then we'll see if you're drinking anything you want to talk about. Uh, I got a little variety pack of New Belgium. Um, I, I like, I like New Belgium, so I got this variety pack, and it has a sparkling lime lager in it. Hmm. Nice. It's good. It's got That's a nice good. lime flavor to it, and I don't want to get into the whole beer and fruit thing. You know, because I think a lot of people and, and a, a lot of breweries are going more to where beers are coming in so many different flavors now. It's really not even uh, an argument whether you can make beers of different flavors and whether it's acceptable. It, it's happening all you over the place. I've, uh, last year, Labor Day weekend, I was uh, at this festival called Tour de Fat in Fort Collins, Colorado where New Belgium is located. I've been to New Belgium. Um, so I was in Fort Collins last year. It's Tour de Fats, like Tour de France, except like it's just a bunch of drunk people riding around town on bikes, like in a parade. It's If you if you have a chance to go, it's like one of the most fun things I've ever done. But I've been to New Belgium, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a pretty – I mean, it's a great beer, but like going there and, and going to the place where they brew it all is, is pretty cool too. So that's pretty I, – I just thought of that. Yeah, they, they make good beers. I, I don't know um, that I've had many of their products that, you know, that I didn't really, really like. And uh, this is just, I, I can tell it's a summer beer. You know, it's it's got a great lime flavor to it. It's like you drop the lime right down in just a, a light beer. Um, it's, only, it's only 4.4%. So this is meant for you to just sit around on your porch and, you know, drink as many as you want on a summer's day. So um, probably why... Probably why they're putting them in the variety pack, trying to get them all, you know, gone before summer's over. Because I think we're getting there. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I, I used to work for a brewery and they did something like that because, uh, you know, maybe they had um, they they brewed a, a, a ba- giant batch and maybe it didn't sell like they they thought it would, or they just they had a little bit extra. So they they that's a, that's a uh, not the very what am I trying to say? It's a very uh, common. A it's common a very thing. yes. Why was that? Why was that a hard word to say? My brain is just fried today. It's a very old uh, <laughs> trick for yeah. you. So I don't know why that was. Yeah, that was just a very very hard word for me to say. I guess I guess common isn't a common word for me to say. So. <laughs> I I get stuck on words all the time. It, you know, it's not. A, <laughs> yeah, it's I okay. Well, they they reeled me right in with it. I thought, you know what? There's four different beers in this twelve pack, so I'll I'll get this. And That's all. Yeah, so I had some for uh, I had some for the Browns game on uh, on Sunday, and and then I've got a few some you know some left over. I had some to to share Sunday, and then yeah, first one of these I've had. And if if anybody sees any leftover and you want something nice and refreshing, I think it's it's pretty darn good. Uh, and go yeah. ahead. Oh no, it just that's that sounds great. You got me salivating right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I. You know, what I've been drinking a lot recently is uh, I've been big into, like, ciders. Um, mm-hmm. 
I forget. I think Ace is the name of one that has some really good, like pineapple and pear ones. Uh, Ryan Geist, I enjoy, but we're from Cleveland, so I can't talk too highly of them since they're from Cincinnati. Um, but Platform's a great one that does a lot of cool, um, you know, ciders and things like that. But yeah, yeah no, no drinks for me tonight. I uh, had Uber Eats, like we said off air, and uh, by the time my frosty got here, it, it was all liquid. So I, uh, my drink tonight was a uh, large chocolate frosty. Yeah, just chug that right down, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't drink a lot of the ciders, but I had a I had a I think it was pineapple on recently. So when you say pineapple and pear, that, those sound really good. They do, and it's funny because you kind of touched on it, but there's just so many different uh, there's just so many different flavors that are coming on now. People are really. It's funny because there's a lot of the traditional microbreweries that are like, oh, we're just all about IPAs and Pilsners and stuff. We'd never go into, mm-hmm. and now everybody's doing seltzers because they're like, oh, well, well we got to attack it while the market share is at least somewhat penetrable before. Right. Like, otherwise, it's just, it's just, it's, stu- you're, you'd be stupid to ignore it and things like that. And, and the, you know, the, the sours and the ciders and things like that. I mean, people are going to still drink your traditional beers and stuff, but there's a huge market for these other, other beers. And it, it's funny, like I said, that the traditional breweries are now going towards those things because it's, it's good. It's money. I mean, money talks, it's good business. Yeah. And people are always looking to try something new. So, and it's, it's funny because I, I try different beers all the time and I'm not, I'm not a huge drinker. I drink, you know, two, three beers a week. You know, um, I drink, you know, I'll drink a couple during the game and maybe a couple on the weekend. You know, I don't drink all the time, but I go into a beer store and, and, and I still, I see just so many beers I've never heard of. I've never even heard of the breweries. So right. there's so much stuff out there to try. It's, it's crazy. It's cool. They all keep popping up and stuff and, yeah, I mean, there's it's that's why the variety packs are really cool. You know, like Giant Eagle does that thing where you can mix and match with any anybody that sells like their single bottles or single cans, and it, oh, yeah. it really allows you to try a bunch of different things. And I mean, the market is is super saturated. I think in Cleveland, um, I mean, Cleveland has so many different breweries and things like that. But I do enjoy uh, what all the. I mean, we got some very good beer. I mean, a lot of people that come in town they don't realize it, but. As you and I know, you know, Cleveland's got really good food and it's got really good beer. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of good food and beer, the the uh, Browns played on Sunday. That wasn't the best segue, but uh, we've got some. Let's get the painful part over with. The Browns, <laughs> the Browns got thumped by the Ravens. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't really expect the Browns to look great in this game because, you know, no preseason games, new new head coach, new systems, uh, limited practices, and they're going up against a team that was pretty darn good last year that's returning most of the team and returning the, the coach and probably the playbooks and everything else. So uh, I was hoping it would be a little bit more competitive and that the Browns yeah. would look better. But yeah. what what were some of your takeaways um, obviously there wasn't a whole lot of positives. I mean, there was positive. So I guess we can talk about that. Um, uh, we talked about too much of the negative, um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt looked awesome. Um, they didn't get as many carries as I thought it would I would see them get, but they did do a good job. I want to say Nick, Nick had about five yards 
per carry. Chubb had, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, Nick had five yards. Kareem had about, I think, six and a half per carry or something like that. So he looked, they looked really good when they got the ball. They just didn't get the ball. I mean, I don't like, I mean, we don't you necessarily like all of Colin Coward's takes in Cleveland, but he did have a good stat that when Baker throws 35 times or more, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the record was, but I, I remember it being not very good. I don't know if they, we haven't won or whatever, but when he, I mean, I, I thought we, you know, we, we run the ball and I, I, that's, that's apparently was not the focus from Kevin Stefanski, which it totally looked a lot similar. I mean, if, if I wanted, I was telling people, if I went into a coma after week 17 and I woke up in the middle of week one this year, I, I would not have known Freddie Kitchens was fired. I thought it would have been the same same offense, same style. I mean, just it looked like the exact same team. Um, the offensive line was great. Baker Mayfield was not. A lot of people are worried about him and think that he might not be the guy. I'm not there quite yet, but if he has another bad game tomorrow, then I might be questioning some things because the past year he has not looked like himself. He did not look like himself the, from his rookie year. Um, so that's kind of a shame. Um, and then Jarvis Landry and David Njoku look great. Everyone else yeah. stunk it up. Our secondary is young and injured. I get that. Um, but I mean, it, it, in terms of a, a team, we did not look like one. I mean, it, for, for as young as we are, we're the fourth youngest team in the NFL with a rookie head coach. We are one of the teams that especially needs a preseason. I mean, if you look at the Ravens stats, um, from each week one game, I mean, they usually are so prepared. They usually blow out teams. I mean, I forget there's like a, chart that came up since 2014 at the end of that Browns game and it's just they usually blow out teams so they're mm-hmm. usually always prepared but young teams they really need that preseason so that's why I count and count I didn't I didn't really think the Browns were going to win but I counted as a preseason game um and you know obviously Cincinnati's not going to be as good of a team they got a rookie promising rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow um but a very horrible offensive line so I'd imagine our defensive line is going to do well um but yeah that game week one I'm just going to count as a preseason, as depressing as it was. Um, where I'm just going to not think about it right now. Yeah, that, that's how I was. I mean, that that's a good way to look at it. Um, I I didn't expect much more. Um, yeah, people are people are really getting worried about about Baker. Um, but it's but it's it's one game. Treat it like a preseason game. And and let's see how he can do against a team that's that's not the Ravens. Uh, I think uh, I think he he just he just looked so uncomfortable, and he looked like he was only looking at his first read, and then he was getting you know the happy feet and running and you know maybe throwing the ball away. Um, I think he's he wasn't trusting the offensive line enough. I think he had a little bit more time sometimes than what he thought he had uh, not not always because I mean the Ravens are were pretty pr- pretty good but um, you know he's he's got to be able to move around in that pocket and and use the time you know that the offensive line's given him uh, you, you're right on target with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb I mean they averaged uh, between them between five and a half and six yards a carry but they only had 23 carries, um, 132 yards total. Uh, yeah, when you saw when you saw Kareem run, I mean, it's I mean he was aggressive. He looked great. I mean he's, I mean he's one of those guys. Obviously, he was suspended last year, and he, you know all the all the backlash that came from his incident. Unfortunately, um, I mean he looks like completely. I mean he's definitely changed as a human being. I mean, he just he seems like such yeah. a great a great dude. I mean I, that's that could be for another conversation, but. He, I mean, when he, he was, he missed football. I know that. I mean, I, I know him 
watching the Chiefs win a Super Bowl without him. I mean, killed him. He's one of those guys like just loves to hit people. Like he just loves to hit the hole and just make contact and then try. I mean, he looked great. He looked like uh, the running back that he was when he was in Kansas City. And obviously Chubb um, looked pretty good too, which is so, it's just so confusing why they did not get the ball more. And like I said, I mean, I had, we have a lot of higher hopes for Kevin Stefanski. Obviously his first game as a coach, so I'm not going to put too much weight on it. But it looked exactly like a Freddie Kitchens offense in that I don't know if they had any clue. And another point, sorry to interrupt you. Um, is with, with Rashard Higgins, like he, did he see the field at all? Like, I don't remember him really being in for a, a more he, than a couple plays. Like, he had one catch, on? one target, one catch, nine yards. Yeah. Like what's, what is that about? That's Baker's favorite target. Yeah. I, I really didn't understand that part, uh, but you know, I'm not going to beat up Stefanski too much in the first game against the Ravens because maybe they're trying to, to mix stuff up and give Ravens, give the Ravens some looks they weren't expecting. Um, you know, Hodge was in there a lot at the beginning of the game, and I was kind of surprised. I think Baker's uh, first completion went to Nick Chubb. I think the second one went to Hodge, and then he then he, Hodge ended up with with three targets. And I, I kept thinking, why why is he throwing to Hodge so much? And nothing against yeah. Hodge, but he's like no, our, no. probably the number, probably the Browns' number uh, what four or five receiver at this point right yeah it's funny too they i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i mean i well i know that nick chubb went out wide a few times i mean i saw him go out in like a wide receiver position but i think i mean they did that with i don't know if they had i mean were there a bunch of times that cream and nick were in the offense together it did it didn't feel like it and well, I I don't know the breakdown, but it seemed like Nick Chubb was in more of the beginning of the game, and Kareem was in you know more of the second half. And it I don't know how often they were out there at the same time, and that's really what I want to see. I think those two guys should be on the field together. Do you know? Do you remember that? What What's our fullback's name? I'd like to see him on the field too. I forget his name. I'm blank. Um, Jan- Janovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It's Andy. is it Andy? Andy ah, Jan- Janovich, yeah. That's right. Well, it, you, do you remember um, when Greg and Freddie took over uh, for Todd and Hugh, and we were running that wishbone offense mm-hmm. uh, with with like two running backs in? I mean, that's God. I mean, that would be just. Could you? I mean, could you imagine running a play action with Kareem and Nick like in there? Like, right, I mean, it just. I feel like it's not that hard to run. I mean, it, it's obviously you know more complicated than it looks but just just dominate with the run like just leave with the run establish that i mean i would it'd be so cool to have like a wishbone thing with chubb and hunter and, and then you know once yeah. your run is established then all baker has to do statistically he's the best in play action kevin Stefanski is really good with play action plays do some play action and then you don't right. have to do all these like developing deep routes that's i mean that's what happened last year and it was what it looked like Today, I mean, last week, I mean, you can do these like five yard hitch routes and slants and it's not, it's, it's, that's what Baker's best at. I mean, his rookie year, he's getting the ball rid of like at maximum two seconds. So it's, it's just, it was very, it's very confusing. It it was, it's disheartening. I'm not going to put too much weight into it, but it was just hard. I mean, that's the first game in a while. I didn't finish the entire game. I mean, I, I really, I stopped with like five minutes left and I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to blame you for that. 
And I, you know, we I, we had talked about that on this podcast. I had brought that up that I thought that that the Browns would have times when they would have those three guys in the backfield together and just try to pound the ball. Right. And if it worked, they would just keep those three guys in and keep just alternating or whatever between Chubb and Kareem, you know, and just just wearing the defense down, you know, try that for a series. And I hope to see that at some point this season, um, you know, but I don't, I don't know how many snaps uh, Janovich got. I don't remember seeing him out there. He probably played a little bit, but I don't know. Well, the reason I brought him up is because I don't think he, I mean, he might've played one time, but I don't, I mean, I don't really remember him like in at all. I, I don't either. It was the question, who the hell was playing if Chubb wasn't getting the ball? I mean, it's just like it was just all these plays of Baker throwing it, I guess. But well, Baker, Baker threw 30, you know, 39 times, um, you know, and the and only uh, 23 rushes for for Hunt and Chubb. That's and that not the, the proportion that they want. Yeah, Baker should be throwing 23 times a game and yeah. uh, they should be running closer to 40 times i mean just it just doesn't it just it's jarring it, it really doesn't make any sense and i hope stefanski learns i mean he seems i mean you, you look out of minnesota that offense did not look very good against the packers as they put up like 24 points or something but they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't look very good they got blown out um yeah. they looked like a different offense without him and that's what i'm hoping we have here um i mean what did, what did you think of uh what did you think of odell i mean i know a lot of people are really a lot of people kind of turn on him right now. What did, what did you think about him? Real quick, folks, we want to tell you about our sponsor. That's Skippin' Stones. Check them out at Etsy.com and GoImagine.com. You'll find handmade jewelry, yoga bracelets, and much more. Free shipping on qualifying orders. So shop for yourself, shop for your spouse, shop for the holidays, which are approaching rapidly. That's Skippin' Stones, S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z. Now, back to the conclusion of the podcast. You know, for me, he's still a guy who had 1,000 yards receiving last season and was hurt the whole year. So let's give the guy a break. Let's let's see what happens, you know, over, over the first few games with him, just like everybody else on this team. I'm not ready to to say, oh, you know, he does this just doesn't doesn't work with him after after that first game. You know, he can I think we know he can still be a great receiver. You know, um, I I think we have to see what happens. You know, maybe maybe there really is an issue or he and Baker just don't mesh. Okay, and if, if that's the case, I think we'll see it over a period of games. But to to think that way after one game. I, I can't do that. That's what I think, too. And, and I, again, he's injured last year. Um, just, I, I just, it was very hard for me to you know, count on anything he did last year. Um, Jarvis, the same thing. But then coming into this year, I mean, what I, what I just didn't like from him was his body language. I mean, I, I understand, like, yeah. I mean, people are going to overanalyze everything. Like, you, I mean, you know, like playing sports and stuff, it's, you're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated at teammates or yourself or whatever. I mean, that's just and, – and then you just, you know, forget about it. Like, it's, that's, how, that's just how it works. There's no grudges on the field. So a lot of things can be misinterpreted and overanalyzed. But 
the thing is, I mean, when he's doing it every single play and like there's body language and him just like looking like he's just complaining about everything. It, and it's just, it's just disheartening. I mean, it's just, it's don't do it. It is. Don't do it. It is. You're right. He, he needs to clean that up. No, no, he, he does need to clean it up. I mean, that, but that's something he's had, he's done his whole career. I just, I don't think he's done. I mean, people are, you know, it is. Oh, it's, it's, if, if we would have won, we're Super Bowl contenders. If we would have, if we lost by a lot, I mean, we're looking for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. I mean, that's just week one. Our new coach. Yeah. Our new coach. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We are already looking for (laughs) pulling up Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma again. But I mean, it's just, it's tough. I, I having the, it's superstar like that in Cleveland, our superstar capability. You want to see the best for him and you want to see him lead instead of kind of being by himself on the sidelines and just complaining and stuff. So, that's always been kind of him, though. So I hope he kind of reigns it in. I don't. I mean, I I still think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to have his best season yet. But again, preseason game. I think uh, hopefully Stefanski and, and the Browns offense and maybe even the defense make some adjustments uh, against a weaker opponent than the Bengals. Yeah, I agree, and I I think the key is doing exactly what you said. It, it's getting back to the run or getting to the run. Not you know they've only played one game, so. Um, it, it's it's pounding the ball with uh, with Chubb and 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 Hunt and hope you know maybe running the fullback out there, uh, you know see how that works, and um, and and having Baker throw, you know maybe like you said you know, 20, 25 times max. And yeah, I just I mean, don't think he has to. He shouldn't have to throw no, that many times. He doesn't need to. I mean, if if it. You know, there's times where, like, Aaron Rodgers, you know, didn't have a great running game, and he would have to throw a lot, but he's also Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Baker, no, yeah. no slight on him. I mean, but we got – I mean, we got Chubb and Hunt, who are, you know, both potentially top five running back talents. And Hunt mm-hmm. was definitely top five running back when he was at Kansas City. And Chubb's just right there. So, like you said, you don't even have to do that. So, that's what – I don't know. Again, I don't want to put too much weight on everything, but it's just like – like what the what the hell do we why how do we play like that? I mean you got to give credit to the Ravens too. John Harbaugh is an incredible coach, incredibly prepared. So, well, yeah. and you got to you have to give credit to Lamar Jackson too. The Browns, uh, whether Lamar just didn't need to run or or whether the Browns kind of played him well enough to keep him from breaking off big runs. You know he only he only ran for forty five yards, but he he beat him with pass. You know, he was 20 of 25 passing, completing 80, you know, 80 percent of his passes. Um, you know, that's that's uh, that's really that's what beat the Browns was, right. was the Ravens passing game. And that's I'm sure not what the Browns went in thinking. They're thinking we got to contain him, make him throw the ball, you know, get him to make mistakes. And he didn't. He you know, he was threading that ball in there. Um, you know, he he played well. He just did. You know, what else can you say? I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. So credit to Lamar. I mean, he's just an incredible quarterback. And, you know, it's tough because you're like, man, at some point you, you, you wish that the Browns drafted him instead of Baker. I mean, it's easy to say that. But it's also easy to realize that the Ravens have an incredible system. I don't know if Lamar would, would succeed in, in Cleveland. I mean, it's, it, I think Cleveland doesn't necessarily have a problem with, you know, drafting the right people. It's developing the right people. And 
Um, you see a lot of people have success elsewhere than in Cleveland, and it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I just hope we can develop some people and and win. Well, I think it starts by having some continuity. So hopefully, you know, Stefanski and Andrew Barry can stick around and be here for a while. And it, you know, it also starts with with signing guys like Miles Garrett and Kareem Hunt and keeping guys like this around so that you have a core for your team. Right, right. Um, that is big. I mean, with Miles, I mean, he's he's one of the first people we really drafted that we've, like, signed. I mean, we just don't have people get extended here. So, I mean, that's no. huge. It's a huge step in the right direction, especially for him. I mean, he's just – he's an absolute stud. So, I'd love to have him back. So, I mean, you're right. There's, I mean, there's a lot of positives we can take out of things. I think we're definitely going in the right direction. There's no question about that. It's just when you have all this talent, it's hard not to get lost in the hype, get lost in what it looks like on paper. And I think for Browns fans, I think we just need to take baby steps for now. Yeah, I agree with you. So uh, Browns played tomorrow night against the Bengals. The Bengals had a, we'll call it a tough loss. I guess game could have gone either way, depending on the call at the end of the game. Um, you know, if, if you really look at the offensive stats between the Browns and the Bengals, they were very close in the first, the first week. Uh, none of the Bengals really looked good on offense. Um, Joe Burrow's stats are really not a whole lot different from Baker's. Um, uh, Joe Mixon had stats kind of similar to, to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. You know, one of those guys. Nobody, nobody was big. Um, the, none of their, none of their uh, offensive targets. Um, you know, put a big game together. Uh, and the Bengals are struggling. You know, at the offensive line. Um, I think they have some guys hurt on the defensive line. What do you think? What What are you looking for tomorrow night? I think the biggest matchup is going to be the defensive line for the Browns against Joe Burrow. I mean that that. And then also Joe Burrow against the secondary of the Browns. But that, that defensive front's going to have to eat tomorrow. I mean, to just disrupt him and make him make him scramble and, and, and get him flustered as a rookie quarterback. And, I mean, I, I think if they can do that, there's going to be a lot of plays where, um, you know, there'll be some three and outs and things like that. And they, they won't even have a chance to throw it to the secondary. I mean, that's just the, that's the best way to prevent a, a deep ball or a long pass is to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I look at that. Um, obviously, you know, the Ravens had two Pro Bowl players on their uh, defense, and mm. you know, the Bengals aren't as good of a defense. And I'm hoping um, with the adjustment that we potentially will make with, uh, you know, the, the high-powered offense that we have, I'd like to see Hooper get more touches. I'd like to see Han and Chubb get more. That, that's what just bothers me is that, like, who got the looks? Like, Hooper didn't get anything. Bryant didn't get anything. Chubb and Hunt barely ran the ball. I mean, they, they they basically tried to force feed it to Odell, but I mean, it's just there's a lot that didn't really happen there. And yeah, Odell just, had ten targets in there, but there were nine different receivers uh, that, that had targets Sunday. Yeah. So they they tried spreading it around a lot. Um, sure. I think yeah, you'd probably like to see it. Um, you know more more shots to, you know, maybe to, to Jarvis. Um, and Joku was playing well. Um, Kareem Hunt had four receptions on six targets. He didn't, he didn't get many yards, but he had four receptions. Um, I think you would like to see Higgins get more, more shots. Um, 
Austin Hooper only had two targets, two targets, two catches. That's kind of that's kind of surprising. I mean, to his credit, though, to get paid all that money, and I mean, how many, how many, how much money is that per target? I mean, that's not bad. I mean, I that's wish a lot. I, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> just make it to, I don't know. I mean, I keep saying I don't want to focus on it, but here we are focusing on it. It's just it's hard not to. But I do see the I do see the Browns pulling out a win um, tomorrow. You know, I've been going back and forth with it, but it's just kind of uh, – I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous about the game tomorrow um, and, and sad that we're nervous about the Bengals. But, you know, I mean, we're still the Browns until we can prove otherwise that we're a, a competent and capable team. I mean, we just – we have all the talent in the world. We have some coaching right now. We seem to have all the all the uh, tools set up to do well. We just got to go do it. So just you know, we gotta we gotta act like a team, and it didn't seem like we were much of a team. And I think Baker, I, I put out something last night. I love to see him be more cocky and arrogant, maybe maybe confident instead of cocky. But mm-hmm. it just seems like he's so reserved. He doesn't have any swagger. He doesn't. I, I tweeted him last night. I was like, I wouldn't mind if he did another crotch grab or something like that. Like just uh, just put. He, I, I think he just plays better. But he doesn't have to. You don't have to make everybody like you or cater to the people. He just does it. He doesn't seem like himself at all, and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's playing like this right now, I mean, we would have drafted him below Josh Allen. So yeah. I mean, we're Josh, so it's it, he just doesn't look. He doesn't look like the quarterback of old, and I, I pray that he gets to that point again. Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, these Bengals Browns games are almost always close, so I understand the the nerves. Um, it's also the NFL, and <laughs> pretty much anything can happen. In right. any game, there there are no easy wins in the NFL. So, but you make a great point about Baker and and the confidence, and you know maybe maybe, um, or or the cockiness somewhere in between those two things, and he's he's really not showing any of that. Maybe maybe he needs a little bit of that. Yeah, it's not I'm, a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you do you have a score prediction for? Uh, for tomorrow, Joey. I'm gonna say 28-21 Browns. What about you? Um, yeah, I I uh, gave a prediction actually yesterday. I, I said 24-21 Browns. I think I just think it'll be tight. I'm hoping it doesn't come down to a kick at the end of the game. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I sent a message to Austin Seaver because we follow each other on Instagram, and I told him Monday when he got waived, I said. The most brown thing ever. I guarantee you, you get picked up on waivers by the Bengals, and then you kick the game-winning field goal, field goal against us. And said, "LOL, let's we'll see." Next day, he gets picked up by him. I text him back. I say, "I told you so," and he, he laughed and whatever. And I think he said, uh, "He says destiny or something like that." So, and they've gone back and forth. He is he is going to kick for him, right? I'm not sure. I'm, I know. I'm. I know. That obviously, Bullock has you know the hamstring issue. Um, yeah, been kicking. I mean, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if 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 Seaver was Cyber was killing kicking this week, um, but it's just I think everybody's mentally preparing for him to kick the game winning field goal against us. I mean, it just it's the most predictable thing right now, sadly. It, but you're right; it feels like it almost has. It to looks happen. like uh, it looks like foreshadowing. That's what it looks like. I mean, it just this looks like foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, I can I can feel it coming. So. <laughs> Well, hey Joey, I want to I want to thank you for uh, for joining me. Um, you know, kind of come a full circle here. Uh, it, it's you know it's really cool that you made your first appearance, and uh, need to have you back more often. 
just you know especially during the season it's fun talking sports with you oh 100 right yeah thanks rod i had a lot of fun doing this tune it's it's good to be back after a long uh a long hiatus from from being on your pods and yeah Yeah. wish you the best of luck going forward thanks again yeah why don't you um i know you have a you have a fairly new podcast going so let's let's shout that out and anything else that, that you have going on yeah, not as good as this pod, but it's called the Yacht Club. Um, we do a live show every Monday from 7 to 8 on uh, my Twitter and then also on my YouTube. Um, and then we're going to also post it on Anchor and things like that um, through all the you know Spotify, Apple Music streaming services. But yeah, so I've been doing that and doing a lot of stuff with the Big Ten right now, which is kind of cool. Glad they're finally playing. Um just started a uh, mental health organization called We Choose to Change and want to help people share their stories with any day-to-day struggles that they have with mental health and you know, maybe bullying, addiction, racism, anxiety, depression, things like that. And uh, yeah, just, stay, just staying busy on the, the content side of things. And I've been touring a lot of Ohio cities, like I said. So it's, like I said, the beautiful thing about content is you don't really know where it's going to take you. You can diversify it in a, in a multitude of ways. So just kind of looking forward to the future and seeing what happens from here. That's right. And your your Twitter is it? It's at Sir Yacht, right? It is. You are you are correct. All right. I wasn't. I couldn't remember if there was an underscore in there or not. So I know pretty much everybody's following you. But if there's anybody listening who's not, they need to give you a follow because because your stuff's excellent. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. No. And uh, once again, I apologize that. My stupid Crowdfire app unfollowed everybody, including you. I, uh, <laughs> I've i had so many people DM me that I followed. I'm like, hey, like, we good? I'm like, yeah, why? Like, you, you unfollowed me. You know, I didn't. And I look, I'm like, what? I was like, I wondered why you weren't tweeting. I'm like, what the, f- that's, what the fuck? So, yeah, a lot of awkward conversations, including mine with you. But oh, that the been, app, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for you because, that, yeah, that's horrible. But. <laughs> That that did did that to you, but yeah, it it's all good. Everybody knows you're a good dude, so so hey. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Joey, and uh, let's let's get a win tomorrow night. Oh, let's get a W. I hope uh, next time we talk, it's hey. Remember that one time we were worried about the Bengals game? That was funny because they they won. So yeah. right. I hope so. We'll see. All right, this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.